Today's show is brought to you by MillenniLink, where talent and digital transformations intersect. Hey, Jess. Hey, Britt. What's going on? Not much. I came from upstate. It was my mom's birthday last night, so I went home to have dinner with her and the fam. And we've discovered the greatest thing. Your mom's birthday is September 15th. (laughs) My dad's birthday is September 16th. And my good friend's son's birthday is the 17th. So three great people back to back to back. Loving it. That makes so much sense because I feel like my mom and your dad always have the same exact feedback for the podcast. Oh my God, we always say that. And it now makes sense. They are the same horse. Two Virgos, two Virgos. (laughs) Guys, we will at some point maybe consider replacing the opening song with 70s rock, but for now we're good with our beach tunes. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on? So I'm heading out to dinner right after this. Oh my gosh, dinner. Of course. (laughs) What else is there to do these days? No, total cutoff, sorry. But like the dinner thing is just like so over. They're literally, like you say, that is literally the only thing to do. I wonder if that's just New York or if everywhere else, like the only social, the only networking, the only any version of doing anything is eating out. Yeah, so for me, like just to like, try to like save money be healthy i always only go out to eat during the week if it's with like on the business or if it's a special occasion like i'll be like oh i'll meet you for drinks on the weekends like i don't need to go out to dinner but now this is like the only way you can really see people yeah. it's not like you can just quickly like grab a drink like that's not even allowed well did you see and- the yeah did you see that stuff with jp with jamie diamond the ceo of jp morgan and he was like People, especially the younger kids, need to get back to work. Like they are not as productive working at home as they are like being in the office. I did read how they were going to return to the office this year if they didn't already. Yeah. So they well, they came back and then somebody got COVID. So everyone had to go home. But honestly, like what you're saying with like you need to get out and you need to network like being that age when you're new coming into a company, like learning those soft skills of like going out with clients, going out with your bosses, like learning how to like eat. And like, I remember when I started at UBS Investment Bank, my uh, head of sales and head of trading took me out for this very fancy lunch. And like at that point, I didn't know that you were that you're supposed to go like order the appetizer, then the main, like everything's so formal. And to me, I was just like, they came, the guy, the waiter came to me and I was like, I'll have the cheeseburger, I guess. It felt like the, the perfect price point because I was just so nervous. And then the head of trading was a woman and looked at me and she was like, you don't order that. You order a salad, you order a fish. And that's how we order in, oh, it's in so business. Boring. Well, it's just like sort of like the proper, I guess she's saying like, this is what you should be ordering. This is what you can expense kind of thing. And so, but like, I wouldn't have learned that sitting at home doing my job on Zoom. So I feel for those kids. I feel for like the first year finance um people coming in for summer internships that aren't learning those things because those skills are so valuable and even just networking like I feel bad my brother works at KPMG and he is quieter the sweetest nicest smartest guy and he just started working two months before or a few months before quarantine hit and so he's never even been able to properly go out for happy hours with his team that is what it's all about (laughs) I love happy hours hours are everything expensing food and so now it's a lot of there aren't any coffee dates it's like a breakfast date with coffee it's drinks with dinner like it is a very new world to try to navigate Um, but as a junior he's not even doing that like when we when you start in business it's like all my best guy friends I've made have all started that first job and they taught me how to go out, how to take people out, like learning how to pay bills properly. Like your brother's not going to learn those skills and these JP Morgan people aren't going to learn those. They're not going to have the opportunity like we did to learn that stuff. Soon enough, hopefully in a few months we'll be 
back at the bars, maybe. <laughs> maybe 2021. We'll see. But is there any Brit? Is there anything greater than an expense account team outing? Like just at like a bar, not like the sit down formal restaurant. Like just going oh out? yes, Spaniard. You okay? Oh I always go there with my work <laughs> friends. Like all my newly single work friends are like, do you want to go get drinks at the Spaniard? I'm like, yes, and I can expense this shit. I can get the drink <laughs> and the burger at the end. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I'm like dying because that is, what is it about the Spaniard? Like, guys, you walk into the Spaniard, like you walk into the front door, there's always like a bit of a line, but if you're like cool or hot or whatever, you can usually get to the front of it. And then you just like walk in and it's like every hot guy in the city, every cool guy in the city. Uh And then like the bar is right there, perfect placement. Like, that's just a huge bar. It's easy to get drinks, but you can also like weasel your way through some guys. You can like kind of be prospecting as you're networking yes it is my favorite place in new york city if you did not know that yes and hopefully i can be networking there again it's like an upgraded brand that's my last point i'll make jess so i'm actively hiring for my company and i'm genuinely obsessed with our show sponsor millennial link not only are they a tech recruiting firm but they're kind of like professional matchmakers Oh my gosh, I am also obsessed with our show sponsor, Millennialink, but tell me why they are professional matchmakers. They're matchmakers in the sense that they work with the businesses, understand their like long-term vision for the company, and create this whole workforce plan for the business. And they're there to understand what the long-term plan is for the company. And then on the flip side, they work with employees, do some professional branding, understand their strengths and weaknesses, and create relationships between companies and prospective employees to make sure it's a really good fit. Millennialink has a pool of talent coming from the U.S. and Canada that have been living or working or educated in both places, and now they're looking for new employment opportunities, and Millennialink is ready to link you up with those tech and IT professionals. One thing that is so great about this business is just how easy it is to use. So you just hit the link in our bio and immediately you will be connected to a recruiter. From there, they will go through all your employment needs with you. And the best part about it is you pay salaries in Canadian dollars. And what I've learned, which I thought was pretty cool, is that many of the companies that work with Millennialink aren't necessarily tech companies. They're companies of all different industries that need tech and IT professionals. So whether you're a part of a small business, medium size, or large enterprise, tech needs are more in demand than ever before. So reach out to the link in our bio, talk to the Millennialink team, and see how they can better support your business needs and your future goals. Welcome to today's episode of Cake for Breakfast. Cake for Breakfast is a mix of the news you need, biz, stocks, and tech, and the news you want, celebs, gossip, and beauty. Welcome to Cake for Breakfast. Today on the show, we're talking celebrity divorce news, the fitness pivot, and Flywheel is the first to fall. Big celebrity divorce news hitting the tape this week. Cardi B, who we both love, is filing for divorce from husband Offset after three years of marriage. Hey, first off, I didn't even know she was married. And second off, who is Offset? Oh, you didn't? Yeah, that great point. Because like, I feel like Offset's like put up on such a pedestal all the time. They're like a rapper, Offset. And I'm like, who is off? He's associated with that, like, Migos or Migos. I don't know how you say it. Oh, Migos. Okay, I know him. You know, I yeah, I think they did. I think he's in the in the group. I don't know. But anyways, if you guys recall in 2017, Cardi had a really fast rise to fame. Did, what do you, did you know about her before this? Like, I felt like I never heard about her. Then she was everywhere. She was someone, and I think that happens to a lot of people 
at least I listen to. Like, I've never heard about them before. And then they're, like, number one on the chart. Or they're, like, Paris Hilton and of, like, they've been around my entire life and they're never going away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, she had a really fast rise. Like, she had an interesting background. She worked at a strip club. I love Cardi's energy. I love the things she says. She's outspoken. <laughs> she's real. She's a feminist. Love her. Um, but during this time, the best part about her rise was I think she was, like, on the up. And she was, like, holy shit, I just got pregnant. And then she was almost she had to be six to eight months pregnant. And she was like on Ellen, like her dance was the twerk. Remember back in the uh-huh. in that moment, it was called the twerk, right? And now it's the WAP. The WAP. But she was doing the twerk on Ellen and people were like, uh, are you pregnant? And she was like, no. Or she was like so like quiet about it. And then people were like, yo, you're definitely pregnant. Anyways, <laughs> I, during that time, she secretly wed Offset and she came home one time. She works a lot, as we know. She catches Offset literally red handed cheating on her and. She went on everything about Cardi's out on the table. She doesn't hold back from us. Like she goes on no makeup in the morning, wakes up and goes on on her Instagram live saying like, yo, he cheated on me. It sucks. And people were like, leave him. He's such a jerk. Whatever. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, why are you like you're this woman in power. You're such a big influence on so many women's lives. Like you staying with him. That's a really bad example. Well, she said, get off my back. I'm going to figure this out in my own time. Like shit happens and I'm going to make my own decision. They stayed together. He had this like exorbitant Christmas. He, I think he sent her like five Birkin bags and she got all this cash. It was I love that about Cardi, though. Like I love her like kind of like <laughs> opulent. So she's like, yo, give me a Birkin and I'll get over it. Like, you know, she's <laughs> she's like, that's just how it is. Um, well, obviously she didn't get over it because they're now getting divorced. Well, no, I just think that she's just had enough. Like, I think that. He must have cheated on her again. Look, they just bought this mega mansion in 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 Atlanta, Georgia together. Like, I think they have the two-year-old daughter culture um, news hit today that she's not asking for child support. So I don't know what that means or they're trying to come to like an agreement together. But I don't know. What's your thoughts? I just feel bad for the kid. Like, I do. I will take that back. Like, I do think it's like your marriage. You make your own decisions. I don't think I'm a firm believer if anyone did cheat on me, like I would leave them. But that is my decision. After the first time you just like walk out the door, you'd be done. I mean, I guess it's easier said than done, but that's what I believe. But I feel really bad for culture, their child. I think that people don't take marriage seriously anymore and then they get divorced and it's like, okay, fine. Like we don't have to see each other again. But there's kids involved and kids, I think, get so messed up when parents get divorced. I do agree with the the marriage thing and people just sort of getting married. I mean, she was pregnant. I think she's religious. It was important to her. So that's fine. Can I say something really unpopular, though? And I want to preface this with I seriously love Cardi and I love what she stands for. I love what she says. I love her music, her actions, etc. Here's what I think really went down. Like, I think Cardi works so much and I think I don't want to blame that. I don't want to say that she deserves to be cheated on, but I think that's the result of why this happened. I don't think she's home a lot, although. What? No, you don't agree? No, I think, I mean, what? So if I work a lot, then it gives my husband rights to cheat on someone? Definitely no rights. Definitely I'm, not. I'm just saying I think this is a result of her working too much, which makes him a jerk. Like, we hate him. Like, what an asshole you are. You signed up for this. You married her, but. I just I, I've read before that she takes jets home like late night after concert. But why? But why is it her fault? Like maybe he was working too much. Maybe they're both working too much. Like I don't think it's on. Yeah, her. they might both be. I, seriously, I do not know what this guy sings or raps. Like I just I don't, I'm not familiar with him. Maybe I should look into him a bit more. But I do feel like she's the one working really hard at that household. Yeah, I mean, she's crushing it. She's you know, I feel like there's so many celebrities that have a window of time 
to make the most out of it. And she's been able to prolong that window of time much longer than many other singers and rappers. So go Cardi B. And I hope she finds happiness with someone else or with herself soon. During quarantine, we're seeing everyone have a Peloton in their apartment or totally. home. We're seeing SoulCycle come out with their own at-home bike. There is a boom in the fitness Wait, industry. Wait, SoulCycle came out with an at-home bike? Yeah, so I actually um, have filmed a few of the videos. It's called the Veris bike. Oh, stop it. That's so cool. Yeah, they give you access to like a lot of the Equinox classes, SoulCycle, and then their like, yoga studio that they own too. Oh my God, I would almost be more amped to buy a SoulCycle bike than a Peloton. Is it? Is it? Uh, what's same. the price point? Are they within the same range? I think it's like about 1500 to 2000 so very much, very similar price point. They, I think, are also going to launch the videos to anyone who is an Equinox member, or you can just buy a monthly subscription. So you can do it on a real bike. It doesn't have to be their bike. But I love their instructors. But anyways, we have a new competitor entering the fitness industry, and their name is Apple. Apple. Amazon (laughs) is now. You were going to say Apple or Amazon, one of the two. (laughs) Exactly. So Apple has released Fitness Plus, which is about $80 a year. And so they are going to give all... $80 $80 a year? Yeah, so they said oh. $9.99 or $79.99 a year. Oh, shoot. Okay, I thought, yeah, I got yes. that wrong, yeah. So they're giving their users access to workouts and instructions. And if you are under like a family plan within the Apple Universe, family, yeah. then everyone in that family will also be able to use Fitness Plus for no additional charge. Oh, that's cool. And so I think this, at first I was like, wait, this is kind of random. Like, where are they going to find these instructors? But Apple is known to build ecosystems for their products. So because if you think about Mac, then they built out iPhoto and then iCloud for you to store your photos onto the Mac. Totally. And then you have the AirPods with the phone. Like it's very hard to use any, anything else with their products. I totally agree with you on that. Like once you're embedded into an Apple system, you're sort of, it's a very sticky product. It's like if I have an, an Apple, if I have an iPhone, I couldn't even imagine not using a Mac. Like I don't even know how to use an IBM to like transfer information from one system to the other. And that's why they've done, that's why they're a trillion dollar company because they've been able to really build themselves into the everyday lifestyle of someone, but then stay there and make sure everything that they touch throughout a day is part of the Apple family. I agree with this, but with the exception of Apple TV, I have not got into that ecosystem yet. I didn't sign up for Apple TV. Also, how many pluses can we add on to everything right now? Like everything, (laughs) did you see Paramount Plus is coming out? The CBS network's doing like Paramount Plus. Like just the pluses on everything are hilarious. I didn't think about that. Apple TV, you're right. There really isn't built an ecosystem where we feel like we have to use an Apple TV to watch Apple TV, et cetera. Unlike Amazon, right? Like I need Amazon Prime to buy my show. Actually, you probably can buy Apple. You probably can buy other shows on Apple TV. I just don't. Interesting. Well, my one pushback on Fitness Plus, which we'll see how they adapt it, they're going to use their in-house instructors. So I wonder where they're going to find them because people like why SoulCycle does so well is because you build these relationships with your instructors. You you follow them on Instagram. You know so much about them. And so if they're going to pick random people, I don't know if it's going to have the same effect as you taking a Barry's class online. Well, I do feel like exercise is like, like you said, is very much an innovation mode right now. And I, I think the fitness instructors are like the modern day podcaster. Like everybody's sort of building out their own little brand around them. And 
this could honestly, if you're in that game, if you're trying to set up an online fitness system, like Apple could be a great buyer for your show. Wow. Or your so it's like the Spotify for podcasts, Apple for fitness instructors. Yeah, because they must be trying to buy up classes because it's no longer like, oh, join SoulCycle and your instructor is Cynthia. It's like, join Melissa Wood Health and you're sort mm-hmm. of following her versus you're following a student. It's, it's more about the creator. Person. Like these yeah. people are becoming influencers. So yeah. that's where I think they're going to have to figure that out. Well, the influencer is com- becoming the business. Right, but I'm saying that Apple TV, they're going to have a team of instructors. So they're going to have to figure out, are they going to bring on People like Melissa who have their own brand and bring them on or are they going to start with random people that we've never heard of and try to build their brand within Apple? All right, Paris Hilton time. We've been covering this story for a while, ever since we heard about her documentary coming out and we had a chance to watch it this week. So this is Paris premiered on YouTube a few days ago. You can stream it. Um, It's part documentary and probably my favorite part about it was the pop culture memory lane it took you down. Like it really walked you through the pink razor flip phone and there was some Joan R- Melissa Rivers in there like it was it was fun but why was this like a freebie on YouTube why wasn't this a E! True Hollywood story well did you see that you could watch it on YouTube for free but then if you watched it on YouTube premium and signed up for their trial then there was an extra 10 minutes into the documentary man these guys are so stingy on their giveaways like I'm not gonna sign <laughs> up for a streamer I would have because I compared what I watched to someone who did the trial and it was interesting to see that they he definitely got more interesting tidbits about her childhood trauma than I did in the normal version. All right, can we go through our thoughts? Like, give me your thoughts and I want to sort of like shed some light on mine as well. But when we talked about this coming out, I was like, what is she up to? Like, she kind of disappeared. And Kim Kardashian's like the new influencer. But I respect Paris so much more after watching this documentary. She was the number one influencer. Like, she created this whole influencer selfie type culture and she even says like she's like yes I helped build this but it's also I helped build this monster she's like I don't know if this was a good thing and yeah I remember they that. go through like her time of her going through the simple life and getting all the fame and her background but they also bring you to her childhood her parents sent her away to a few different alternative schools to help with adolescence and that's where she was mentally and physically abused for years to help her with her adolescent misbehavior you mean right like she was sort of like acting out when she was in new york yeah but it wasn't really anything bad she was like partying going to clubs But then her parents didn't want to have her tarnish their reputation. (laughs) So they had her kidnapped in the middle of the night and went to all these different schools that we now found were doing really horrible things like forcing her to take drugs, making her sit in a cell in solitude naked for 24 hours and starving her. Like that is so messed up. I thought at one point part at the beginning I really liked that I thought was interesting. It's maybe something I'm going to take into my life now. Like. Uh, Kyle Richards who or Kim or Kyle Richards the one that's on Beverly Housewives of Beverly Hills she was like one thing I remember is when Paris was little like three or four the entire emphasis was like on how pretty she was Um, Kyle was like you just look at her and be like oh Paris is the pretty the prettiest and she's like we just we all overdid it like I I agree like it all was about Paris's looks and I feel like that has affected her that affected her teen years because it was just that's the one thing she thought about herself from from outside people And what's sad is that she says that she's like built this character. Like when she's like, hey, like uses that voice and looks all sexy. She's like, that's not me. That's like my character. All right. My pushback on it, though, it was a little too poor little rich girl. She has a very Gloria Vanderbilt vibe to me. 
it was a little crying about how tough everything was and that that's the only real pushback I have on the show. And I get that obviously she has money, but it also shows a flip side. Like here when you have parents who have so much money where they can spend tens of thousands of dollars to send you away, like they didn't care enough to understand that she was being abused. Like they probably didn't even pay enough attention to notice that she was like upset. Like they Mm -hmm. just kept pushing her from one school to the other. Trying to straighten her out. Yeah, like reading articles on her childhood, these schools, and then watching this documentary. Like I am so fortunate of having the upbringing that I did. Like I didn't have nearly as much money as like her family but like my parents took the time to get to know me and that's the sad reality of a lot of very very wealthy families they're too busy to take care of their own children yeah and this is how they like solve problems and that's sad but I do like, I don't care like, how much money they have yeah it's sad. I do feel like her like I I don't know I feel like her mother honestly her mother was raised by a single mom who came to LA with three daughters and the mom in order to pay the bills put all the kids from like age two on in like modeling acting and like that's how that's how the household expenses got paid and I think Kathy Paris's mom married this tycoon billionaire Hilton family and I think her whole MO she like banged out four kids it's starting at the age of 19 I had no idea she had the kids that young and I think her whole sort of um idea was like I want my kids to be Hiltons I don't want them to be Richards I don't want them to be pushed into fame pushed all of this like they're going to be proper socialites. Look at Nikki. Mary's a Rothschild. Like everybody else sort of followed a proper stream outside of the youngest one. I think he's a little crazy. Their, their youngest son. Yeah, but he got in a lot of trouble when he, I guess he was on American Airlines flight. When he was like, yelling and screaming at the like, flight attendant. Yeah. And he got into a lot of legal trouble. Well, yeah. So I like the show. Best part about I like the show outside of a little bit to Glory Vanderbilt. Best part about it, though, was the authenticity between Paris and Nikki and I feel like that was super real. Like, I feel like that's how I am with my sister. Like, Nikki was the funniest thing she said was like, I tell Paris the truth because everyone else kisses her ass. So I just tell her like it is. And then they're like doing each other's hair, just doing stuff normal sisters would be doing in in the day. It felt very real. That's the the big takeaway. And Mm -hmm. Nikki says, I don't feel bad for you, Paris, for not having kids or being married and and turning 40. Like, too bad for you. If you wanted that, you would have gone out and got it. You had every opportunity to do so. I was like, whoa. (laughs) But But I liked that because she was saying, like, Paris, you like, you know, society makes you feel like, oh, uh, coming close to 40 years old, you should have kids. You should have you should have a husband by now. But she's like, if you really wanted that, you would have made it happen. Don't like don't listen to society and that's what I liked about that because Nikki and Paris do live very different lives I think you know Nikki has a few kids she's married she does have what society depicts as a good life no she got what her mom depicts she married a Rothschild like a blue blood like she got what her mom wanted okay so Paris always said she went on to make a hundred million dollars and then she'd be happy and now she doesn't want to get married or really be happy until she makes a billion dollars. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> I think about my life and what I would need to be. Ha- it's true. Like maybe she was like, okay, a hundred million is what I need. When Paris was literally our age, like, could you imagine her income was six million a year? Wow. Like that's like, just her like paycheck. That's how she was making six million like her in her tax refund or whatever. I was like, and now she makes a million dollars per set that she performs at a nightclub. Yes, that was wild. I couldn't believe that either. Um, so she said, I need to be a billionaire to be happy. I won't be happy until I'm that. And then then I can start having kids. And she, you know what, though, Paris, as much as she's trying to act like I'm a businesswoman, which I do like about it. She says, like, I already I froze my eggs. My I want to have a daughter first. Her name's going to be London. Like Paris wants that. She wants her cake to, and eat it, too. She wants both pieces. 
But it, or is that how you think through life too? Like I need to be at this place and this point in my life. I need to be making X amount. Well, I sort of agree with Nikki because it's like I want all. The, I have all those ideas like Paris is saying in her head too. But at the same time, if if Paris really wanted like to have the daughter London and do all that, like she might have done it already. I agree. Um, but I it does make me sad to think when she says, "Yeah, I'm happy at times." But success is so much the focus that she's just going through life, just waiting to be happy. And who knows if she'll actually be happy when she reaches that billion dollar It's not success, though. She says what makes, what drives her, gets her up in the morning is money. And the one thing I really took away from this is Paris Hilton is is the feminist of our generation. She does not apologize. Like in what generation or what what woman have you ever heard being able to say like, the only thing that makes me happy is making money, having it, and feeling secure. Like, that just doesn't exist. You're not allowed to say that out loud. Why not? I don't think, I don't think I've heard a lot of women say, like, money is what drives me and that's my sole purpose. I just don't think I've heard that a lot in my life. Oh, that's a good point, Jess, because you do hear so many guys talk about how they want to be making X amount this year in their bonus and that they want to be financially stable before they start dating. Whereas girls are more like, oh, like, I want to be happy, whatever else. So she's like one of the few people that you hear about, like, financially where she wants to be. This next story I've been wondering a lot about during quarantine and surprised it honestly had it happen sooner. Sephora has appointed a new president and CEO. Oh, interesting. Why are you surprised it didn't happen sooner? Was there issues with the old guy? Okay, so the old CEO, Chris DiLopente, was the president and chief executive of Sephora for 10 years. And so... Oh, so he was around for a while. He's been here for a while. And honestly, Sephora hasn't been doing very well. I had a conversation with the CFO of Shiseido, which is similar to like a L'Oreal where they own a huge portfolio of mega brands. Ooh, inside and, scoop. I love it. Spill the dish. They're owned so by LVMH, right? Yes. Yeah. So Sephora is owned by LVMH and they've been known to always be this beauty retailer that has all the prestige lines available. Mm-hmm. That was a go-to. Then you have this Ulta, which Sephora positions themselves in the cities. Ulta positions themselves in more of like a middle America yes. or like suburbs Ulta, like areas. all over Jersey, all over like suburban Connecticut. Totally yes. true. Now that it's in the Upper East Side, they're now coming into the cities, but they took a very different approach. And so while Sephora stayed very much in the prestige line, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally you see you would find makeup either at like a Saks or a Sephora or you saw it at CVS or Rite Aid. Like there was no in between between drugstore brands and like luxury and you'd, and you'd s- never hit a drugstore product even close to it at sephora but at the same time no. you could still afford sephora exactly and so Ulta did something differently because they noticed that a lot of the smaller newer brands were competing right in the middle where they're higher quality than a drugstore brand but they weren't priced as expensive as a luxury brand like even glossier like they are charging a two-thirds of what a a um, Estee Lauder might charge. totally agree and like KKW lipstick I think it's $20 yes, and yes, that's like a yes, good yes, comp yes. drugstore lipstick can be close to $20 and even like Kylie Cosmetics yes. like they are like $15 whereas a lot of the ones in Sephora were like $30 yeah. and so Ulta noticed this trend and so in Ulta you can get it's called Mastige so you can get drugstore brands in there you can get all the in-between priced brands and then you can also get luxury brands Whereas Sephora has only focused on prestige. So Sephora is struggling in this moment right now. Yes. And now, so in addition, they've already been struggling. And then here we have this pandemic where people are 
very easily getting COVID. So you can't even go in there to test the products, touch the products. Like the whole oh purpose my God, of this going just to Sephora to me. Yeah. is to try it. Yes. Kate, oh, have you been recently? Yeah, I just went to buy a new foundation. I, you don't buy a lot, but I wanted to get matched for it. And I was kind of standing there and I was like, okay, which one? And the woman's like, no. And I'm like, yes, like I want to know which which color. Swatch me. And she was like, no, like we can't do that anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and shit, so that, sorry. <laughs> and so Ulta like has been crushing it. Sephora has been struggling. And now with the pandemic, I don't know if this is only in the cities that have been more so affected by COVID or if this is a natural, natural Yeah, I wonder rule. if you could, if that's everywhere else. Who's the new guy, though? Like, what kind of CEOs are getting brought in right now? Is he a European? Martin Brock came from Starbucks, where he was the president of Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Oh, so this and guy's a big-time CEO. Like, yeah, Starbucks so started, is a major, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So he started his career at Coca-Cola. He was there for 12 years. Then he was an exec at Burger King and then made him his way to Starbucks and is now at Interesting. Sephora. That's a weird transition. Why do you think they're a beauty brand is bringing in a beverages CEO? Maybe it's just about selling product lines. I think so. I mean, Starbucks is a consumer brand like they've done incredibly well. Yeah. I don't think there's a ton of like, would they bring a L'Oreal CEO? I think we're you know, like as we talked about fitness having a lot of innovation, we're seeing a lot of new brands pop up for beauty. Yeah. And I personally think it's interesting when they bring in a CEO from a totally different industry because they're probably going to have a lot different ideas than someone already in the industry that knows way too much. True. And this guy like clearly knows branding, knows sales. Starbucks was a big um, earner through. You, they dipped a bit, but then they started making money towards the end of the pandemic. So I think that's actually... It's an interesting move. I like it. Bringing in somebody totally new, but that's consumer product person. Yes. And fun fact. So one of my favorite brands, Tatcha, the founder of Tatcha, she sold her company to Unilever, I think for half a billion dollars. Jesus, this is and your friend? She, no, well, actually I DM her, but she's no, she's a beauty <laughs> founder. And she actually left Starbucks when she didn't get promoted um, at Starbucks corporate to start her beauty brand. So she did really well going from Starbucks to beauty. So hopefully Martine will also do really well going from Starbucks to Sephora. Martine, you're throwing a European accent on Martin. <laughs> I like it. I'm really sad about this next story. And I know you will be too, um, because we are both diehard studio class New York City women. It's our <laughs> life. It's what we do for business. It's what we do for fun. It's literally, we used to do this a lot together. But Flywheel is the sort of the first of the studio class um, businesses to file for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. So <gasps> Whoa, I, I just got chills on my arm. I know. Well, it's a SoulCycle competitor, right? Flywheel was um, started by one of the founding members of SoulCycle. So they brought three women at the beginning, started it. One was brought in like the instruction. And I believe that's the woman who left to Flywheel, yes. right? Then they yep. had like a branding person who was also a business chick. And then they had a, uh, a money girl. So th that girl left early days to start her own thing. So a bit of background on Flywheel. And if you're in New York, you're super aware of this. Outside of New York, they're sort of sporadic. Like LA, I think there's a couple in Dallas. But there were 40 studios across the US. Um, they offered, they were like literally a SoulCycle competitor minus the, they had this competition board at the top, which I love. Did you ever do that? I am a true SoulCycle you girl. Are, you are, I don't yeah. deviate. I've done a few Flywheels on ClassPass, but I would I would take the Fly Bar class and I enjoyed those. Well, I think that's why I like, because SoulCycle is so bougie and exclusive. Like they don't touch um, ClassPass, which is where I kind of learned about all the classes like five years ago when it started. But Flywheel like offered stuff on there. That's how I got to know about them. Um, I, I like this business. I, honestly, my, my prediction here is this is flywheels like the southwest airline 
of the fitness studios. They're good, like the first one to fold. I feel like Southwest, we're going to see them fold first with all the major airlines come post October if they don't get the if the airlines don't get the financing. It's like the movie theaters. It's sad. Yeah. And you know how we talked about um, Whitney. What's her last name? Whitney. Wolf. Fox? Heard. OK. Wolf. Whitney Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Some animal. On yeah. The end. OK. <laughs> last week we talked about Whitney Wolf, who was one of the founding members of Tinder. She was there early on. Then she left to start her own dating app called Bumble, and she made out really, really well. They might be IPOing. That's exciting. And that showed that that was a success story. However, this story between SoulCycle and Flywheel is the complete opposite, where this girl left SoulCycle to start her own company, thinking she could do better, she would own more of the company, whatever. And it just shows that the grass is not always greener on but the other side. But I think side. these women have all been paid. Like the only person who, you're right, who probably didn't get paid is this flywheel girl because I don't know if she sold her business yet. But the Soul Cycle girls, they've all been paid out. They're done sort of with the business onto the next thing. But this woman, you're right, might have been hustling. But she wasn't part of that payout. Right, like, right. No, she, I know. agree with you. Yes. Yeah, so sorry, what you're saying is totally right. Like she was probably still hustling, making money on this business, hadn't sold yet. And now she's lost out. And even in podcast terms, call her daddy when it was Alex and Sophia. Like Sophia left and she probably thought like, oh, she could get a better deal. She could maybe start her own show. Like, why does she have to share all the revenue with another person? And now like, where where is she? Like, what happened to her? We haven't heard from her yet. All right. Our play of the day is The Duchess on Netflix. I was on Netflix thinking this was going to be another like royalty show like the Royals or the Crown. Right. And originally I didn't look into it, but I no, love this one. No, it has nothing to do with royalty. It's nothing yeah. to do with the Duchess. I don't even know why they called that. Well, I like Catherine Ryan. She's the creator of the show. She is really smart. She's Canadian. It's sort of a, <laughs> what do you call it? A self-autobiography, the show. Like she also has a daughter navigating that with her ex. The show sort of is run around. She has she's a single mother. She hates her ex. He's like a former pop star now living like in a boat on the river, like just totally not on brand with who she became as a woman. And she's like, look, my daughter wants a sister or a brother. And like, I really want to have one. I'm tired of men letting me down. I don't want to be dealing with like two kids with two different schedules with their dad. So she goes back to him and says, like, look, I know we're divorced. I know I hate your guts, but like we just have (laughs) another kid together and She's a comedian. It has a Phoebe uh, Wallace, Phoebe Wallace from Fleabag. What's her last name? Phoebe Wallace Bridge, I believe her name is. Um, it has a Phoebe Wallace vibe to it. Um, just like a smart comedian, smart comedy. It's interesting. I liked it. I would check it out. Yeah, it's fun. It's lighthearted. Good to watch with a girlfriend. Um, it just came out on the 11th. So it's fresh it content. You can't be fresh content because it's literally not dropping right now. <laughs> literally not too much to choose from. If there's no euphoria soon, I'm going to die. Like season two, I am dying for you. Please come out. But <laughs> Catherine Ryan, we love the show. We support you. We think you're doing great things. And I love these female showrunner content creators. It gets me just really excited. If you love what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe. Guys, we are really trying to get our review numbers up because our download numbers are going up, so we want the reviews to reflect that. It takes literally two minutes. Hit the purple podcast icon button on your phone. It's an app. And just put in a review. You can say, great work, guys. Love the show. Brittany, you're hilarious. Jess, I love you. Whatever you want, just throw us a review. We'll be ever so happy. You can add us on Instagram at girl on the street underscore. 
or at Brittany.lo, that's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y dot L-O, or at Cake for Breakfast Podcast. All right, that's all for today. Don't forget to tune in Tuesdays and Thursdays for Cake for Breakfast. And once again, we love our sponsor, MillenniLink. And by using code CAKE, C-A-K-E, as the promo code, you will get 25% off your hiring fees now through Christmas. So just go on to their website, www.millennilink, M-I-L-L-E-N-I-L-I-N-K dot com slash contact dot us, U-S, and you will get 25% off those hiring fees. So reach out, get connected, and achieve your hiring goals now.